Greetings, fellow butlords. Nick here, doing another unboxing audio. This is a package from U.S. Postal Service Priority Mail. It is a uh, legal-sized envelope, pretty thick, maybe an inch and a half, wrapped with some uh, boxing tape. And this is from Wayne's Books in Maricopa, Arizona. I think I've ordered from him before. Uh, he's kind of sort of like a one-man show, it seems, that does kind of the Noble Knight Games uh, Junior uh, gimmick, buying and selling used and vintage RPG stuff, weird old fantasy novels, neat stuff like that. And I'll be honest, I ordered this a couple, I don't know, a week ago or something, probably had a beer or two before I ordered it. There was something I was looking for specific, and I think I found it on Wayne's Books, and then I was like, well, he's going to charge me like five bucks for shipping, so I should probably look around and see if I can find some other stuff to justify this shipping, which is always fun. So I really do not remember what's going to be in here, so I'm cutting this tape open with my knife here. All right, he's doing a nice job packing this. Fuck you, Amazon, doing a horrible job packing books. Um, yeah, so they've done a... Whoever packed this did a good job. It's, like, wrapped in green bubble wrap and then secured in this legal-sized envelope so it has some extra room. And he put a piece of pretty rugged cardboard in there as well to kind of give it some... Uh, actually, two pieces of cardboard inside the envelope so that it has a little bit of extra rigidity to it. Uh, and it's also kind of the perfect size envelope for this package, which looks like it has a couple of items in it. Uh, so it's, you know, a nice tight fit as well. Things aren't jostling around inside. So kudos, thank you to Wayne's Books for doing a good job packing. All right. So there's some cardboard ripping off that there. Shrink or bubble wrapped on. Okay, what do we got? All right, well, this is not exactly uh, a glamorous item here, but this is the first item, and this was the item that sent me to Wayne's Books, and it is a package of 100 zine-sized plastic bags. They are 6 inches by 9 inches, and I have had a very hard time finding these. Um, you know, sometimes you get a zine or a digest-sized booklet and it already comes in a bag and I love that and it helps you to store them it keeps them safe they don't get messed up as much um, and I've had a hard time finding these I've tried going to comic book stores or uh, used bookstores and getting bags and you know you can find paperback size bags you can find bags that are the perfect size for Reader's Digest who would put a Reader's Digest in any anywhere other than in the toilet um, or the trash can but I, I just have never been able to find the perfect 6x9 bag for whatever reason. You can go on Amazon, again, which I hate. and uh, But, you know, they're, they're crappy. They're from China. They're Ziploc. So I somehow found this on Wayne's Books. And he said, you know, these are the same bags he uses to put his zines in when he ships them. So I'm excited for this. I have a bunch of zines, a bunch of digest-sized things that I would love to get in plastic to protect them uh, on my shelf. So that's pretty cool. And then, of course... Since I was there buying a hundred bags, which probably cost me six dollars, let me see. Got the invoice here. 
Uh, oh no, I guess I don't have an invoice. It must be in my email, but I think it was like $6 I paid for those 100 bags. Uh, and then the shipping was like five bucks. That's why I bought other stuff. So let me see what we got here. I've got one, two, three, four uh, kind of magazine-sized or book-sized uh, products back from the good old days of gaming before everything was uh, switching to digest size. And, you know, I have different thoughts on um, what size games I like. I, You know, digest size is cool, but I, I still have kind of a soft spot in my heart for the full-sized um, books. You know, I love the, uh, the Swords of Wizardry Complete uh, hardback book. It's like that thin but, you know, big book. It feels like an old game book. I like it. So here's one. Uh, this is the first one here. This is called Adventures in the Misty Isles. It's been wrapped in plastic nicely. This is from We Warriors. Uh, the company which I know uh, from the late 70s who published Palace of the Vampire Queen, the first D&D adventure. And this is a reprint product. This is not uh, a vintage one. This is um, has a copyright date, uh, 1975, 1976, 1977, and 2020. And it is a compilation. So let me read this to you here from the inside cover. It's got cool art, by the way, uh, of like a wizard and a dwarf. And they're kind of on a seashore. They're looking at a treasure map. I think I'll probably use this as the art for this episode. So here's from the inside of this book. It says, uh, The Adventures in the Misty Isles. First published in 1976 to 1977, much of this compilation of dungeon kits for the original edition rule set has been remastered. The first section provides brief description of people and events for all nine islands in the Misty Isles chain. Each is full of interrelated danger, intrigue, and adventure that can be woven into entire fantasy campaigns. The second section, page 43, consists of the Palace of the Vampire Queen Dungeon Kit, which is believed to be the first standalone role-playing adventure ever commercially published. Palace of the Vampire Queen takes place on the Isle of Baylor. The third section, page 65, consists of the Dwarven Glory Dungeon Kit, which also takes place on the Isle of Baylor. Finally, the last few pages include remastered reference and tracking sheets, as well as one of the first character sheets ever made publicly available back in 1975. And uh, so this has got some credits here, too. It's originally designed by Peter and Judith Kerriston. I'd like to know more about them. That sounds like a cool couple. Publishing... OD&D do-it-yourself modules in 1976, the year I was born. That's pretty badass. Uh, then there's some other authors for some of the other parts, some art credits here. And then special thanks to North Texas RPG Con. That's cool. That's a convention which I definitely would love to go to, and I hope to attend there in 2022. So, yeah, let me look through this. So it's mostly text from what I can see, and it's kind of laid out in that classic style. Like, it's not in the original typesetting of, like, a typewriter, like the scans of the original are, but it kind of has that same feel. And, like, you'll just look at a page, and it just says, like, hex number six. Wreckage from a ship covers the surface. Many items of orc appearance dot the wreckage. You know, like, short kind of punchy details about hexes on a hex map. That's cool. Here's the map on page 37, the Isle of Baylor. Looks looks like a nice island. It has some uh, rivers and other kind of item, you know, locations of interest on the in internal part. Um, now I'm flipping through. I'm kind of towards the middle of the book, and here's Palace of the Vampire Queen. I see it has the original art with this uh, 
tough looking vampire queen with naked boobies. That's pretty cool. It's got some uh, awesome undead servants or like skeleton lords that she's commanding. It's really quite badass artwork. Maybe I'll make that the key artwork for this episode. Here's the map, Palace of the Vampire Queen. Really a basic map. I mean, it literally looks like what I used to draw in my notebook uh, during uh, study hall. But it's awesome. I mean, I love it. It's uh, there's like there's a, a one there's one page, and on one side it has the keyed map, and on the other side it has the unkeyed map, which I think is great for level one. And then on the opposite page, on the facing pages, it's got like a list of whatever's in every room. It's amazing. So you go, okay, here's 28. Let me look at room 28. Boop, there's room 28. Creatures encountered, none. Contents of room, empty. Oh, how Gygaxian. Um, so yeah, it's pretty cool. Looks like it'd be really easy to run just off of these couple page spreads here. Here's level two of the dungeon. Here's level three of the dungeon. Let's see what's in level three. Room 26 looks tough. Four trolls. Max damage, 26, 23, 23, 25. I guess that's like their hit points, max damage. 70% uh, chance that trolls are alerted by alarm. Portcullis falls if party re-enters from room 25. Causes 1 to 10 damage to anyone standing in the door. Simple. I like it. I've heard that this dungeon sucks and it's hard to run, but I don't know. This looks pretty easy to run, and I feel like if I ran this for my buddies, it would be fun as hell because we would make interesting, weird things happen. So yeah, all in all, it looks like there's five levels of Dungeon Queen here. Uh, and some of them are pretty deadly. We got vampires with 40 hit points towards the end. We got werewolves, four werewolves in one room. We got five wraiths in a room. I mean, this is going to be a meat grinder of a dungeon. Awesome. Uh, next up, uh, page 65 here starts the Dwarven Glory, which is the second uh, dungeon kit in here. This one looks kind of cool. It's got a different style of map. It's more like a cavern, it looks like, with hex graph paper instead of a square grids. Uh, looks like, again, at least four levels here. There's five, five levels, maybe six levels. Oh, it keeps going. Maybe six levels. And then there's some, uh, oh, there's some reference sheets in the back of the book here. It looks like these are just OD&D reference sheet, which is kind of nice. You could just tear this out or print this up and use it. It's got the monster attacking matrix, the men attacking matrix for every different class and level, all combined in one, along with saving throws for everything, and the turning table. Plus it has all the monsters from OD&D listed on one page in teeny tiny print, but I, I, I don't have great reading vision and I can still read this, so you want to know, like, rust monster, oh, there it is, okay, centaur, two hooves, one to six damage, or one weapon. So I guess it maybe doesn't have the hit dice, but it has a lot of cool info about what looks like probably most of the monsters that are in OD&D. Let's see if it has like Balrog in here somewhere or if it just says Demon or what. Maybe it doesn't say anything. It says Spectre or something. It does say Treant and Rock. Hmm. So it says Treant, so they've kind of changed that from Ent, so I imagine it's not going to have uh, Balrog in here. Anyway... So, yeah, this is a pretty cool book. Um, I don't know what I paid for this, uh, but I think it's cool. It's a cool kind of collectible uh, item for me, even though it's a reprint. I think it's a nicely done reprint. The quality looks really good. The binding looks nice. The art is cool. So thumbs up from me for uh, reprinted Adventures in the Misty Isles by We Warriors.
the next item ooh, is also a reprint from Wii Warriors. So I must have been on a Wii Warriors kick when I was ordering these last week. And this one is uh, thinner. It's like more like a uh, saddle-stitched, uh, stapled thing, and it really feels like retro. But I think this is still you know, a recent product. It's got, oh, it's got like removable map sheets in here that are cool, like mini maps that you can take out. They're on kind of a thick cardstock paper and they're unkeyed dungeon maps. And then it's got some little uh, character counters, like uh, basically little uh, paper minis almost that you could put on here and terrain and wound markers, and then it looks like, I guess it's not a dungeon, I don't know what it is, is this a standalone game? This is from 1977, a rare classic game. I think this is just a standalone game with like two pages of rules. Hmm, that's cool, I think um, basically what you're doing is kind of setting up a little dungeon on these paper maps with these paper counters, moving them around like a board game, like a tiny little paper version of hero quest or something and then there's rules for how to battle the vanquished foe it's a very cool looking booklet i gotta say the production on this is nice i gotta figure out i gotta do some research into what the heck is this thing that i bought i think it's a standalone kind of uh mini paper um kind of dungeon fighting game which sounds really cool. So I'm probably going to take that to the computer and try to figure out some people who've played this or see if I can find an example. Okay, next up I've got a uh, magazine. This is the Dungeoneer. This is a vintage product here. And I got this because I think it was really cheap. I think I paid $2.99 for this. And this is uh, issue 17 of the Dungeoneer from Judge's Guild. With the date of May, June, 1980, it's got a cool picture of a barbarian warrior on the front. And it's got uh, an interview with Greg Stafford of Chaosium. That was the reason that intrigued me about this. I'm interested to hear his thoughts. I know he's the guy who kind of created Glorantha and RuneQuest and the Pendragon game and Prince Valiant. And just seems like an interesting guy. Other things teased on the cover here are the Orp. O-R-P. And then it says the Orp. Fierce monster? Question mark? I don't know. We'll find out. It also says 30,000 Magic Swords, okay, uh, Guide to Magic Potions, and Expansion on Psionics. <laughs> Fuck Psionics. I'm not going to read that. Um, so let's see. I'm looking at the table of contents here. It's a nicely, like, yellowed kind of vintage look to this magazine. It smells good. It smells like an old bookstore. The inside front cover has a advertising for Gen Con. Gen Con 13, August 1980, University of Wisconsin Parkside. Look for Judge's Guild booth. That would have been cool. So let's see here. What do I want to... Uh, there's a. It looks like the interview with Greg Stafford is pretty long. It starts on page 17 and goes to 24. So yeah, let me look at this. Got a photo of him from the you know late 70s. Yeah, and it's like a nice long interview. I mean, we're looking at uh, like a full one, two, three, four, five six pages of interview with Greg Stafford. So that looks cool. I can't, he's talking about, I see in here, he's talking about Glorantha, RuneQuest, and I'm looking forward to reading that. 
Uh, here's a potion table. Looks pretty cool. I mean, it's just kind of a random potion table. Two pages. Here's the psionics. Skip that. Uh, monster matrix. Here's like a whole bunch of weird monsters in here. Fog demon. Laser wolf. Oh, hello. There's a picture of a wolf shooting lasers out of its eyeballs. Strength 10. Dex 14. IQ 6. Armor 1 hit. Movement 12. Damage 1 plus 1. Laser wolves appear as normal wolves, except they have glowing red eyes, which will be prominent only in darkened areas. They may use the missile weapon attack option and fire a laser bolt from their eyes. The bolts do one die of damage and have four mega hex range. Okay, so it's a laser wolf. Now here's the, oh, I'm interested in how they manage this. This is the advertised 30,000 Magic Swords by Paul Britt Garcia. The following is a matrix of magical swords. Whenever a magic sword is required, it can be found in three easy steps. One, roll for alignment. It's a percentage check. Uh, most of them are going to be lawful or neutral, and only 10% of them are going to be chaotic. Uh, number two, roll for sword on the correct table. Okay, so there must be three tables, lawful, neutral, chaotic. And then number three, roll percentage for GP value addition. So, yeah, it's got a list here, a lawful magic sword. You roll D100, and it's got, you know, what magic powers it might have. It's ego, intelligence, it's gold P value. This is pretty cool, actually. And then uh, at the end, you would add base sword value. You would um, do that thing to kind of... So really, it's it's not, I mean, 30,000, it's not. It's It's 300 different magic swords is what it is. It's a, it's D100 tables for lawful, neutral, and chaotic magic swords. And then you, you're, you're adding, you're rolling a hundred again to determine, you know, a value, the gold piece value to it. So that's the 100 times 300 giving you the 30,000, but still it's, it's 300 cool. Uh, it's a matrix of 300 cool magic swords that are already kind of generated for you, including their, you know, can they communicate? Uh, do they have empathy? Can they talk? This one, you know, here we go, 61 on the neutral. It's plus one sword, plus three versus dragons. Uh, it uh, can communicate through touch, I think. Uh, it has an ego of three, intelligence 12, and then it re tells you what table to reference in the original books. It's cool. I would use this. Generate some magic swords. Here's an article about aging in D&D. There's some really good stuff in here. Um... I'll give a thumbs up to the Dungeoneer issue 17. Definitely, I mean, I think it would have been worth the 2.99 just to have the, uh, just to read the interview with Greg Stafford. But um, I may end up actually using that uh, Magic Swords table. Here's the last item in this uh, package. This is another vintage product. This is one I had not heard of before, and I saw on the website when I was buying stuff. And this is called War Cry by Dave Petrowski. It's also published by Judges Guild. And it is the second edition with giant wall charts. And I have the wall charts. They were sent along with it. And it looks like I even got two copies of the wall charts, interestingly. And it says, Comprehensive set of miniatures rules, ancient through medieval era. Easy to learn, quick to play. And I did a, some quick research when I saw this. I like the name Warcry because, as I said, I think in the previous episode, there's a cool uh, fantasy skirmish miniature game from Games Workshop from a few years ago called Warcry, which is one word. This is two words, Warcry. So 
So there. No, but um, yeah, this is from 1981, second edition by Dave Petrowski and Jim Allen. It's got some cool art in it. And basically, I don't know, I'm very interested in miniature wargaming, um, probably more so than most tabletop RPG players. Um, I love the the idea of using the chainmail rules with OD&D. I love um, the idea of pulling out some metal minis and having mass battles instead of just, uh, you know, a party of four to eight dudes versus ten orcs or whatever, or one big monster. I like it. So this looks like a classic 70s war game. I don't really feel like getting too deep into rules or anything right now. It's got cool vintage art in it. It's got that Judge's Guild style to the feel of the paper and the look of the typeset. It's got a some really neat kind of uh, Ken Simpson artwork, looks like, on the front and back of some ancient uh, warriors. These look like kind of Bronze Age warriors riding on elephants and stuff. I think this is going to be fun. I'm going to read some of this and, and try to take some ideas and see if I can uh, figure out how to... Uh, screw around and do some kind of mass battle or something. These charts are enormous, by the way. So they're like folded up. They're the size of the magazine, which is slightly bigger than letter size. And then you unfold them and there's uh, eight panels. They're double-sided. I mean, these are literally wall charts. They're freaking enormous. They're awesome. And they actually, they look kind of a lot like chain mail, like the way they have like, you have infantry, cavalry, and chariots. You have light, medium, heavy, armored. There's a morale check system here. You literally could hang this thing on the wall in your game room or whatever, and you would never have to use a ref sheet. You could just have your, like, commander's baton and point to the part on the chart that you're going to use. That would be badass. So, anyway, Warcry, cool item. This was cheap as well. I saw this. I think it was, like, 10 bucks or something. I'm like, vintage, uh, it's in great condition, and these these wall charts are just incredible. I don't know why I got two of them. I suspect that might have been a mistake by uh, on Wayne's Books parts. Maybe they accidentally packaged them together, or the previous seller had two of them for whatever reason, but this is a cool item that I would actually think about using as well. Hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, keep it real, fight on, and all that. Bye-bye.